Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Hit Chat Chit Chat. I'm your host, Connor Reynolds. Today, we do not have JP Fashone to my side, but we have a guest, a reoccurring guest. We have John Lampros with 2-5 Baseball. John, how you doing today, sir? Doing well. Happy to be here. Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, word on the street is this is your first returning podcast that you've ever done. Yeah, this uh the first one that I've circled back, and we got all kinds of stuff to talk about, so I'm excited. Let's go. I beat Chad to something. Finally. <laughs> Finally. I'm excited for it. Um, now, really quick. You beat Chad to get me on the first time, too. Let's go. Love it. I love it. I Honestly, like... He does so many things that are like awesome. Like I remember when I first found his uh, little dealio a couple years ago and seeing that someone is able to make like content videos with merch, with like their own service, with doing their own facility and a podcast. I was like, man, this guy, this guy's got to figure it out. I was like, I kind of want to be like that. And so uh, to be able to kind of snag somebody uh, before he's able to get them to come back, uh, that's a dub for me. I'm excited about that. <laughs> there we go. Now, um, we were just chatting a little bit uh, off camera uh, about some different things. And one of the uh, one of the things that got brought up is kind of how you guys go about your off-season training uh, with some of your pro guys and stuff like that. We're in November, starting transition. Um, Want to hear a little bit about what you guys do over at 2-5 Baseball uh, and how you guys kind of approach the off-season with some of your uh, non-amateur players. Yeah, so we're actually kind of taking the same approach with some of the pro guys that we are with the the high the elite level high school hitters, the the college hitters this offseason. Um the kind of feedback from the the pro organizations, it's kind of like there's something new every year. Like a couple of years ago it was like all the mocap stuff, like this year, like everybody's hung up on bat speed. Um they started testing bat speed in the field or at the stadiums now. Um, so it's kind of like the new, the new kind of, I don't say buzzword, but it's kind of the, the hot topic this off season is, is gaining bat speed. And like with the articles that have come out about like Nolan Arenado's process and what he did for himself this year, um, you know, by gaining two miles an hour in bat speed, like we're going to kind of take that and put that focus on for the guys that need it. Um, a couple of our guys, that was something specific that they were, that they were given, um, the two biggest things that we saw were, were bat speed and chase rate. Um, you know, obviously with pitching getting better, better tunnel, tunneling getting better, um, chase rate and whiff rate is something that we're going to try to kind of hone in on once we get closer to the season. We're going we're gonna to kind of tier it right now um, with the pro guys. We're kind of just getting into some bat speed stuff. Some of them aren't even going to start hitting until December 1st. Um, we'll go bat speed for probably three to four weeks. Uh, a lot of overload, underload stuff, uh, pro velocity bat we've gotten into, um, hitting plyos, hitting smash balls, uh, you know, trying to just give them different opportunities to kind of move fast and have the first four weeks be a little bit less about like contact quality and a little bit more on getting that, getting that swing, getting that movement faster uh, to where we can take that 80%, 85% operating speed uh, that we really want to be at in a game and make that a little bit faster than it was last year. Um, as far as chase rate, one of the things that we're going to do this year that's a little bit unique is we're actually going to take the plate and we're going to cut three inches off both sides. 
Um, and we're going to hit basically like a 10, 10 and a half inch plate. Um, you know, when you look at a guy like Aaron Judge in the season that he had this year is because he hit like 480 on pitches in the middle of the plate. Um, if we can kind of take a whole off season and take thousands and thousands of reps where like we're not thinking about a 17 inch plate plus a ball and a half off each side, like, and we're thinking about, I want to dominate this 10, 11 inch middle part of the plate. Um, and kind of change that, change that vision tunnel and change that approach to like, I want to make sure I dominate the middle of the plate and I want to make sure I know what each pitch shape and, and spin looks like to be in the middle of the plate. Uh, because then, you know, you start getting that slider that starts in that tunnel and then it ends up in the left-handed batter's box. So, um, you know, trying to, trying to give them the visual of, okay, I want to dominate like I kind of even thought about going to, to eight inches and, you know, basically calling it dominate the eight um, and trying to stay in the eight inches in the middle of the plate. Um, and, you know, if we can do that over time against different speeds, different spins, different shapes, um, I think they're going to benefit in, you know, being able to lay off some of those pitches they would traditionally swing at and, and hopefully cut down on some of the end zone whiff rate stuff too. So that's going to be a big focus for us. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. It's the first time like, I'm all for doing something different. At, at one point with the high school guys, we even took the plate out. Um, and we're just like, if you can reach it, you can hit it kind of thing. Uh, because we all know the high school zones are a little bit different. But uh, I think even with some of the high school guys, we're going to work on that, you know, kind of trying to dominate the middle of the plate. Uh, dominate the middle of the plate at different speeds. A lot of our guys are going to gonna see some off-speed pitches this year. Uh, maybe more so than they did last year. Um, so we're going to really try to hone in on hone in on the things that we need to work on to, to be successful and and still try to mix in those those good feeling days too, uh, you know, where we can just kind of let it eat and have some fun. Hey, yo, baby, I love it. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is that even with uh, some of your elite high school guys, college guys, and pro guys, you said if you guys will do a bad speed program, kind of if that's what's kind of in the cards for them. How do you go through an assessment piece or looking at a player's pass off season or like what do you guys do to go through and uh, kind of highlight or show like, all right, right now, bad speed is possibly the number one thing that we need to work on. Or how do you go through and say, hey, you're really good at bad speed. We need to focus on this. What is your guys's process on kind of uh, discussing and talking to that athlete and then finding that roadmap for this offseason. Yeah, I think for like high school guys in general, like there's no such thing as enough or too much bat speed. Uh, you know, when we're when we're talking like even a little deeper into the recruiting landscape of like, will this guy be able to hit at the next level? Um, you know, if we can throw guys out there that can consistently swing the bat around 70 miles an hour, like they're going to give themselves a better chance to be successful. Um, now, obviously, there's there's levels to bat speed and there's usable bat speed and there's non-usable bat speed. Um, like we've got a, a kid in our bat speed program right now that's a seventh grader that like has pretty good bat speed for his size and age um, and just getting into the BB core. But he's got like a negative 14 attack angle. And so like it, for him, it's like we got to we got to kind of clean. We're, we're cleaning path up and trying to maintain, if not gain bat speed, which we like you clean the path up, you're probably going to gain bat speed. Um, and, you know, making sure that if bat speed is a focus, that it's usable bat speed, 
Um, like some of the things we're doing is if we're going under load, we're trying to hit like backside tanks. Like we're not trying to go under load and, and snap hook everything. Like it's, can you create bat speed with direction um, with dip, different implements? Like obviously with the heavy bat, we want to get them out there and maybe pulling the ball a little bit more, but we want to make sure it's not hooked. Um, we give them the long bat. We want to make sure they can stay behind it and get true backspin. Um, so it's everything we're doing is kind of a combination of getting getting the bat speed number one, but we want to make sure that that bat speed is usable and we're not just kind of tomahawking balls into the front of the halo. Hey, yo. Do you guys use uh, those little bat speed monitors, blast motion, diamond kinetics? Like, what do you guys use to uh, capture and then also uh, track and uh, put data points down of their bat speed? So we uh, are doing blast motion with this uh, with this current kind of bat speed program we're in. Um, Really, I'm trying to go bare bones as I can with blast motion. Um, I care about bat speed. I care about time to contact, and I care about attack angle. Um, you know, we like kind of the connection stuff is is kind of relative. Attack angle generally is relative too. Uh, to kind of dependent on where what you're what what you're hitting. Are you hitting T? Are you hitting front toss? Are you hitting machine? Um, you know, one thing I found that was interesting in our kind of baseline testing is. Pretty much every guy in our bat, our actual bat speed program, um, swung the bat slower on the machine than they did on the machine on, off the tee, um, which is something that I want to be able to target for them. Uh, the first four weeks of our program, we're not hitting machine at all. Um, we're kind of just trying to get the bat speed moving at the front toss level, which was also maybe a tick slower um, than the tee. Like a lot of these kids swung really hard off the tee and then backed it off as the ball started moving. Um, and we want to be able to tap into that bat speed and, and tap into that that ability to drive the baseball across like all speeds, all shapes. Um, by week 11, week 12 of the program, we're going to start throwing hammers at them and, and sliders and change ups and, and try to keep that bat speed up against different different speeds and shapes, too. So, um, you know, it's, it, it kind of comes like we, we want, obviously, a usable path first, number one. Um, a lot of our kids that have been with us for a while, our, our higher level high school kids, our college kids, our pro guys, they have bat paths that play. They've had success. Now it's like for a guy that, you know, hit two home runs last year as a junior, how do we hit five this year? Um, a guy that hit seven doubles last year, how do we hit 12? Like, what what are we, like, what are our goals, first of all, and then what can we do with our swing? Like for guys that have been with me for three, four years, we're not working on swing anymore. Like your swing's pretty clean. Like we might have things from a week to week basis we have to touch up, but we're not doing a, a ground up rebuild like we would on a kid that just started with us. Um, so it's, you know, trying to keep the training progressive and moving forward to where we're not just kind of doing the same thing we did last year. And for the uh, the whiff rates, the the swing and misses and stuff like that, for a, a pro guy, that can be pretty easy to kind of identify or find where you go through, you just look at a dashboard, whatever you're using, uh, and it'll highlight and kind of show that. For some of your college and uh, high school guys, how are you able to almost identify uh, a player that has a higher than normal kind of whiff rate? Is that more of a feeling thing? Is that something that uh, you guys have found a way to kind of actually calculate in your facility. H- how would I be able to identify and actually show a high school kid like, 
yes, we're going to swing and miss, but you do it at, you know, two times the rate of everyone else. How do you guys go about that? I mean, I think for the the high school guys and the college guys, it's a little bit more of like a relative, like, are we striking out or are we not kind of thing? Um, like we had a kid last year that I think struck out 13 times this high school season, which is not like it's average. Like it's not terrible. It's like one every two games, but like nine of them were looking. Um, so then it's like, okay, that guy really doesn't have a swing and miss problem. He has a swing the bat problem. Um, and that kid also like led his team in RBIs. So like, we'll, we'll take it. Like he, he did his job in, in certain situations. Like it's fine. Um, we don't want to nitpick that. Um, you know, we, we had other guy, like we have guys that, you know, whiff like crazy on the machine. Um, and then it's okay. What are you doing differently on the machine as opposed to front toss or live BP, um, that we can hopefully make sure that you are not doing in the game. That'll cause you to swing under balls or swing, you know, across balls or cut balls, foul balls off. Um, so with, with rate in a sense is a little bit more relative. Like if somebody does a really good job on game changer, we can kind of figure that out. Um, but it's more of like a, okay, what are we like, what are we doing in, in counts that matter in situations that matter with runners on base? Um, you know, more so than like, are you swinging and missing within an at bat? Um, because like, what we found at the high school level is most of those pitchers don't have a put away pitch. Like you get yourself down two strikes in, in pro ball, like you're in trouble. Like some of these high school guys, like you'll get yourself down two strikes and they'll flip a turd up there and you can hit it off the wall. Like it's, it's making sure that like we've got confidence in our ability to, to battle through swings and misses to make those one pitch adjustments. Uh, and then obviously understand what it is we're trying to swing at and what situation we're trying to do it. Is that something where you guys will go through and do uh, like a little two machine action where you got one going as a fastball, one as a curveball? Is that something where you guys use something like win reality or a game sense um, how do you guys kind of go through uh, beyond just the bat speed side of things uh, to train that a little bit? So we've done pretty much everything uh, as kind of a progression. Uh, two years ago, uh, before we got our spin ball, uh, our iPitch machine, we were two machines. Uh, we would go fastball, curveball. Uh, um, we were in a shorter cage. So we were kind of doing more of reaction time stuff and really having to try to read a short breaking ball, which I think worked pretty well. Um, like if that's all you have, that's a great, great way to do it. Um, we've done win reality before. We, we've had guys do game logs and kind of see where the where they're like, for example, we had a guy that was taking pitches in the zone early in the count and then swinging above the zone late in the count. So we take we take win reality. And at the time we could like pick where it was throwing the pitches. And it was either going to throw it down the middle or out of the zone. And he had to make his swing decision based on that. Um, and, you know, a week or so of doing that, he like the next week he went out and raked and he was hitting the balls early, balls early in the count. And so it's like understanding from them. And, and we're going to be a lot harder on game logs this year. We had a game log sheet uh, 2020, the COVID season. It was like dead on mandatory. Like, don't come in my cage if you haven't done it. Um and it gave us good information. Last year was a little bit tougher just with everybody kind of getting back to it, um, you know, trying to figure that out. Um, so this year I, I want to go back to that. 
Um, and that's going to hopefully be something that the, the high school coaches will, will kind of jump on board with um, that we can, you know, take this information. like any information is good information. It's like, if, if, if you've got a kid that's taking time right after his at bat, like obviously if you're the third out, like do it when you come back. But if you got guys that's taking time out of his, like after his at bat to make sure he knew exactly what he saw. Um, and then we've got three questions on there. Did you get a good pitch to hit? Did you swing? And were you on time? Um, if those three things are yes, and you didn't hit the ball hard, then maybe it's a swing thing. Um, uh, if, one of those is no, it's not a swing thing, generally. So, you know, giving these guys kind of the empowerment to to understand themselves and some ownership of their swings and ownership of their ABs, um, you know, hopefully will be looked at not in a sense of these guys being, you know, selfish because they're doing what their hitting coach that they pay for told them to do. But it's I'm trying to learn from my last at bat so I can go help the team on my next one. Um, and, and that's that's super important um, that we're really going to try to hone in on this year because then our our in-between training, our, our sessions that we have in between games, we can be a little bit more focused. If a guy goes out there and has a hat trick and saw nothing but curveballs, uh, we're not going to sit and hit Velo Machine. Like we're like they're going to play the same team three times in a week here. So if you get a guy three times on curveballs, you're probably not going to throw him a fastball. Um, so it, it gives us the opportunity to kind of make those one game, one AB adjustments. Have you speaking on the, uh, the high school coaches, have you had, would, would something like that, where, like you said, the player isn't being selfish. They're doing something to one better themselves as a hitter, but then that will then help the team with their end goal of having better hitters in the lineup. Is that something where you sometimes you will see a little pushback from uh, whether it be a high school coach, a program, a travel ball coach, or do you do you see sometimes a little pushback on outside um, uh, kind of teams? Yeah, I mean it's it's one of those things where like when I like I kind of sat back and reflected last year about like where all of our kids went to school. Um, what the coach relationship was like with me and my philosophy and what we do in our facility and the amount of success that the kids had. Um, we, we have a school that one of the, that the, the head coach is like the guy I played in college with. Uh, we had three guys there. Uh, the lowest all league that we got was second team on that team out of those three guys. Um, I think the lowest batting average was about 380. And we had the league offensive MVP and or the league MVP and the league offensive player of the year um, that all hit with us. Their coach doesn't like we'll have conversations. Hey, I'm seeing this at practice. Okay, we'll work on it. Like open dialogue, easy, like feeding off of whatever the needs are of the player and the team. And then we've got guys where like the school say don't hit there. And then it's the day before a game and they're trying to change their swing. Um and those guys struggled all year. And then they come in, like we take video pretty periodically. And we had a guy that like kind of struggled last year. Um, and we compared his January video when he was only hitting with us because they weren't doing anything uh, to his May video when they were done with the season. And it's like, it's not even the same guy. Um, and, you know, I, I tell all of our players, like I will, like I 100% ride or die with our guys. 
um, you know, we put a lot of effort into it. And like, if the coaches want to blame it on me, like my shoulders are big enough, we can handle that. Um, because we know the work that we put in and, and we also have receipts. So like we take video, we do all that stuff. We know exactly what we're doing in the cage to where like when a guy comes in that I haven't seen in a couple months cause the high school schedule gets busy and it doesn't look like it does the last time I saw him, like I'm still going to wear it and I'm going to try to fix it. But like we, we've got to work together a little bit more. So like we, we've had guys have issues with the game log stuff. Um, basically what I've told them is take my logo off the top of it and just tell them you saw it on Instagram or something like, like it, <laughs> it's just like it, some, some of it is that petty where it's just like, it, we'll take my name off of it then. Like, and, and the kid can just do it on his own, on his own accord. Like I, I, I don't, I don't need the recognition of having my logo on the top of the game log sheet. Like all I want is the information. Um, because I want to help that player. And that's like at the end of the day, like what I wish everybody could just get on the same page with, regardless of where you played back in the day or how terrible I was in the NAIA. Like, like none of it matters other than is the kid performing or is the kid not performing? Um, if they're not performing, let's work together to figure out how to get them to perform. Um, let's not say, Oh, it's your hitting coach's fault. Or, Oh, if you didn't have that launch angle swing, you wouldn't, you wouldn't miss that ball. Like, no, let's work together and try to figure it out. Cause at the end of the day, these, these kids are in and like these kids and, and myself are investing time and effort and money and like all this stuff into trying to be successful and trying to get to that next step or get to that next level and play this game as long as we can. Like let's stop with the, like, Oh, I don't like that guy because like he sucked in college. Like that was 12 years ago. Like, I, 10 years, I graduated college 10 years ago. I, I quit playing 12 years ago. Like that's, that's a long time. I, I've, I've done some things since then. So like <laughs> it, there, there is some pushback and like it happens every year. And like what my hope is, is, is we continue to have guys that, that have some success. We, we had eight all league guys last year at the high school level. We want 12 this year. Um, that's kind of our, our in-house goal. We have guys that have posted goal sheets on the wall of our building. Um, that that have like we got guys that want to repeat as league MVP. We got guys that want to be league MVP. We got guys that want to lead the league in home runs. Like we got guys that want to hit the ball ninety miles an hour so they can wear their hat backwards in the facility. Like we we give them the autonomy to to kind of create their own goals and then we kind of steer them in the right direction to get there. I love that. I love that. And you had mentioned one thing earlier is that you'll work with a kid for you know forever, right? breaking down the swing, making it to where it is as beautiful as you can in that amount of time. Then all of a sudden the season rolls around and you're not seeing them as much. And then all of a sudden the swing looks completely different or they'll go through and they'll start changing stuff right before a game kid struggles. And then the admitted finger is, Oh, well your hitting coach or the hitting facility you go to is like, or maybe it's the fact that you just tried to change his entire swing, his cues, his timing within 24 hours of playing a game where he's not able to make any adjustments. Now you got a kid that's going through thinking two different things, doing this, doing that. Maybe that's why. Or also, hey, it's baseball. This is one of the right? hardest things in the game. Like, like who cares? Like, the 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 pointing of the finger, the um, – unwillingness to collaborate or I feel like sometimes it's one of those where it's like they want to say it was like their guy like it's right. very I feel like it's tough for them to say like 
to take the ego aside and say, hey, I didn't work with this kid this offseason, but he's playing for me this spring. I want him to be the best that he can, however they can do that. It's, well, you didn't come to our – or you're not coming to our winter workouts. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. Like, it, it's it's so frustrating because it's yeah. not our – like, it's our fight, but it shouldn't be a, even a fight to begin with when – if everyone's goal is the same, like you said, to make this player the best player that they humanly can, whether that is a varsity level caliber player, if that's their ceiling, then that's their ceiling. But we should be working together to try and make that ceiling a possibility, whether it's in college, whether it's getting drafted, whatever that ceiling is, if we're not working together as a collective unit, it's very difficult to... Uh, uh, steer or if we're not all rowing in the same direction it's very difficult to get to where we need to by a specific time uh you know placement and so it's just so frustrating because the kids are the ones that essentially are the ones that you know kind of have to play this mental jujitsu of well like you said uh we'll take off the logo if that's what's needed like they almost have to be worried about what words they say or what phrases they do right. or, or this or that and now you got one kid working on, walking on eggshells maybe he has a really good cue um and maybe it has nothing to do with anything that at two five baseball that you guys do but the cue just makes sense for the kid and i'll tell my guys i, I use pink hippod- uh pink hippopotamus as a uh, kind of uh, example. If that's what works for you, if when I say pink hippopotamus, if that's what turns on the light bulb, I'll yeah. say that all day. I don't care. It doesn't have to be my phrase or it doesn't have to be what I say or what they say, whatever it is. As long as it works for you, that's what matters. And I feel like that gets lost too often, too many times. Um, and it's just frustrating. It really is for everybody involved. Yeah. And it's like, the, the kids are the only one, like the kids are impressionable. Like they, at the end of the day, it's the guy that writes the lineup that like is, is going to trump everything. And, you know, like it's, it's not about the money for me. Like I've like, I don't have a problem bringing on new guys. Like that's not, a, it's not like, oh, I don't want to lose this guy. Cause I'm going to lose their money. Like, and, and that's what these guys don't get is like, there, there's enough hitters out there that I'll be fine. Like, not worried about that at all. But when I've invested countless hours and these kids have put blood and sweat and blisters and tears and frustration and wanted to fight me in the cage and, like, all this stuff that we've gone through um, that people don't see because nobody wants to come in and check it out. Like, like, we don't make it easy because the game's not easy. Like, I practiced easy for my college career and that's why I sucked. Like, I didn't want to hit the curveball machine. I didn't want to hit the base, the the velo machine. Like, I didn't do any of that stuff. And so, like, I see our guys now where it's like, these kids are so much better than I was 10 years ago. Like, our high school varsity guys, their BP round is 85 on the machine. Like, if we're, if we're feel good, like, we just want to feel good that day and we're trying to hit yackers in the cage, like... It's 85. Like, if I put it at 80, it's a changeup for them. Like, that's actually working. Like, they have to work to, like, get back on time. Like, we we had guys, like, that came. We The last game of our hitting league that we did, uh, that we just finished, 
the two teams that weren't in the championship, I let them pick what they did the last two games. I saw this. And, uh, so the first game we did 85 fastballs only. Like we played it in the Russia field at hit track. So everybody's just hitting tanks. Uh, <laughs> the second game was like, all right, what do you guys want to do? Uh, all, all six of them. It was two teams of three. Turn it all the way up. We, we want to face a Honda. So I said, all right, let's do it. And it was only supposed to be like three innings. And then we were going to drop it back down. We ended up playing the full seven. Um, we we had a guy hit. We we played on Russia against. So we had a guy hit like a three hundred and fifteen foot three run backside tank to win the game. But uh, like what I saw in that is the at bats got better. Like when they when they actually want to do it, you know, you give them the the empowerment to do it. Like they got blown away the first two three times through the lineup. Like by the end of it, I think all six guys had barreled at least one ball. And, and the machine was 98 to 103. Like, it was it was humming. Um, and, what, like, one guy got his tower buzzed and got right back in there and, and got to work. Like, it's when you give them the opportunity to, like, battle through something, then it's like they can go back to that in that game against that, that tough lefty that is going to, you know, or that, that D1 commit that everybody's scared of. Like, that D1 commit ain't throwing 101 with... with cut like like the machine is like he's throwing 93 like go hit it um and so like it's just like the the end of the day like i just want everybody to work together like when i was when i was younger and like would run my mouth on twitter like hey like I'll, I'll chirp every once in a while now, but usually there's like a deeper message behind it. Like it wasn't just like me saying some out of pocket stuff. Like I used to like, if you hit ground balls, you're an idiot. Like, um, there, there's usually a message behind it and there's usually some thought behind it now. Um, but like, I don't try to argue with people. I don't like, if I don't like something, I keep scrolling. Like the, the fact of the matter, like, the, the question I've always had is what is the guy that doesn't believe in our facility? What is his end goal? Do you want me to quit baseball and go back to working in corporate America? Like, is that what you want? Because it's never going to happen. Like, so you're just going to be, you're just going to be bitter for the next, however long you're in baseball. And like, nobody wants to live life like that. Don't be bitter. Like go do your thing. Like if you're, if, if you're a high school coach, go be the best high school coach you can be for your players. Like if you're a scout, go be the best scout you can be. Like, I don't, I don't like, I don't have time to think about you. Like when, when I have to think about you because a kid comes in and said, Oh, well, I heard this guy said this, this and this, or this guy came up to me and said that I have a Lampro swing or whatever, like whatever they're, they're saying to these kids, like, I have to take time out of my day and, and that kid's training session to kind of like navigate them through that. It's like, go, like, go to your job and let me do my job. And everybody, like at the end of the day, like you're going to get the, the accolades when your team goes out there and wins a, a section championship. It's not going to be me. doesn't matter if I have five hitters on that team, it's still going to be you. So like, I'm not going to get the accolades if you if you scout that guy and draft him and he becomes a big leaguer and an all star. It's going to be you, like the the scouts. Like, oh, that's the scout that drafted that guy. I see it on Twitter all the time. Like, it's not going to be about me. Like, the only guys that make it about them are like guys that have one dude and one process. Like, 
you see it on Twitter all the time. Like it's one dude and one process. Like I, I, I don't, I don't need it. I don't want it. Like we're going to, we're going to support our guys and we're going to recognize our guys. We did the graphics for them for all the all league guys this year. Like that's not for me. That's, I want people to recognize that what we're doing is, is working. Um, the kids that buy in have a lot of success. Um, and, and, you could be that kid out there that's just like, okay, like we had a kid this year that was like, I saw what you did with this hitter and I know like, he has never been better than me. And this year he was better than me. And he's like, I started trying to go through, okay, what is this guy doing that I'm not doing? And I narrowed it down to one thing and that's why I'm here. And like, that's all I need. Like all the other BS, like is, is worth it. Like when, when you get somebody that comes in like that, and, and usually if you do this long enough, like that's, that's how you get new hitters is like people don't just pay me for their kids to suck. Like if their kids suck, they stop paying me. So like, it's not, it's not a money grab. It's not anything like that. Like we're trying to, to transform athletes is what we're trying to do. And, and that's what high school coaches should be doing too. Um, that's what, you know, pro player development guys should be doing. College coaches should be doing everybody should be rowing the boat in the same direction. Like it's, it's getting to the point now where like, there's like, I tweeted about it this morning. Like there's some guys that will literally pick apart anything just to keep baseball from moving forward. Like, Oh, well the curveballs that Hoskins was hitting on the machine last night weren't good enough curveballs, So that's why they got no hit. Like they got no hit. Cause the dude was like, tunneling a slider that ended up in the left-handed batter's box at the ankles, like off of a belt high fastball at 95 with run. Like that's not easy to hit. No. <laughs> Nasty. And it especially happens. after what they had seen the, what happened the day before I even was yeah. like, everyone was freaking out about it. And I was kind of sitting there like, you only need to win by one run in these games. It's not total runs at the end. I hope they didn't blow, you know, the energy and everything like that. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that's not great. But because then it fuels and allows for those people that don't understand or don't appreciate how important it is to be able to hit, you know, curveballs on the out of the machine on the field before BP. Like that's a really cool thing. That is something that where you're challenging your hitters, and that is not like you said the reason why. They struggled. But when you go through and you talk to anybody outside of the kind of like hitting world that is on that same page, that's the reason. That's why they got, you know, no hit. And it's just like, mm, that's frustrating. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned a little bit about uh, a hit tracks league that you're going through. And that's something that I've started kind of dabbling myself into. And so I was wondering, would you be willing to kind of run through a little bit, talk about the hit track league? Um, that you've gone through, that you've done, um, and then anything that's kind of popped up for anybody that might be interested in looking to do it as well. Yeah, I mean, I last year we did it in November and December. So that, for a lot of our guys, was our kind of off-season training. It was just kind of simulated live ABs. Um, this year we tried to do it, and my original plan was to do one one a month from or was to do a two month league September October and then another two month league November December. Um, I think what we ran into this year was a little bit of burnout. Uh, we had guys that were you know on the recruiting trail like behind with COVID that played 50, 60 games this summer, um, and then they're tr trying to come in on Monday nights and do hit tracks league. 
Um, and then some of them are playing scout ball. And so like that we had guys doing pretty much everything. Um, and, and for this year, the at-bats were not as great. Um, last year, I think we got a lot out of it. Last year, we started out in November where like 85 with a slider and a change was a tough game. Um, the championship game of last year's Hit Tracks League was 95 with a slider and a changeup. Uh, and I think it was 9-6 to six was the score. Um, where our guys, like, over time, became, like... I'll never forget. Like there, like uh, there's a tweet I have about it where this the first game of the second month we had a game that was like a team scored 44 runs facing 85 mile an hour fastballs, and it's like okay, we're not facing 85 anymore because that's too easy. Like and this is the first week of December. Like and so, I think last year we peaked a little early, uh, so that's why we're we're taking things a little bit differently this year and trying to run them into January a little bit more. Um, is because we really, really peaked in December. And then we kind of had a letdown in January. Some guys had some slow starts, and then they picked it up towards the end of the year. Um, I want to hit the ground running game number one, February 1st. Like, we want to be ready to go. So um, typically how we structure it is we do double headers. Um, they'll usually play this. Like, we do a four-team league, so they'll play the same team twice. Uh, once it'll be a home and home. Uh, the first game generally will be fastball only. It'll be like a... For high school guys, generally 85, maybe 90 if we're feeling good, fastball only. Um, the spin ball moves around the zone pretty well, so it's not like they're just taking cookies the whole time. Um, and then the second game, we'll typically mess with them a little bit. Um, like, we did a disgusting, like, drop out of the, drop off the table sinker one night. Like, it's like sinker slider change. We got the ball moving two and a half directions at three different speeds. Like it's, we, we try to challenge them and get the most out of those ABs um, because really what we're marketing there is not like, Oh, Hey, come, you know, drop tanks on hit tracks and you'll go win a bat or a glove or whatever it is we're giving away. Like it's come get your 200 at bats in, in a month um, or in two months. And, you know, those at bats, when guys started to get into the grind of the high school season is when we started to see those, those at bats, like that money in the bank that, you know, like the metaphor we like to use there, like we, we banked all those at bats. And then when it does get tough, when you are facing a, the best arm in your league, um, you know, you look at the box score at the end and our guys put three good ABs on them um, because they've, it's nothing harder than what they faced. Like the spin ball throws some disgusting stuff. Like, it, like we're we're doing we're mixing in the smash balls right now for like some of the bat speed training stuff. And like, I I built a seventy mile an hour curveball that's a like seventeen hundred spin, so not even a good one. And with the smash balls, like it is unhittable. Uh, and so we're like we're trying to toy that in a little bit to at least make it to where it's not too hard to where they get discouraged. Um, but it kind of walks that fine line of you're going to come in and you're going to get beat up in our cage and then you're going to go home. Um, because if you can get beat up in the training, uh, you're going to be successful on the field. Uh, but the Hit Tracks League was great. Um, you know, I think it, we, we kind of use it more for our guys. We didn't have a ton of outside guys in, in the Hit Tracks League at all. Um, both years that we've done it. Um, 
but it's something we even did a, a 12U league uh, the year before um, where we like we'd have I think it was a 13U league actually and we had like an 11U team playing against a 13U team um, and like you got to go challenge yourself like it's it's an opportunity for for guys to get ABs like it, if you're gonna do it where you're just lollipopping fastballs in there like I think there's a better use for your time um if you give them kind of that like that give and take of okay here's your fastball game it's going to be a little bit harder fastball than maybe a bp fastball would be um and then the second game you better be ready to go because you got full abs and you got to lock it in um that that's where i think that holds value um to the player um you know hit tracks leagues definitely hold value to the facility um, because it's an easy kind of cheap money maker. Like people like it. You can give a prize at the end and it's great. But like everything that we do in our facility, because we only have one cage at the moment is I have to make sure that our guys that are in it are getting enough training value out of it for me to spend that time during the week doing it. I like that. I like that. Um, to kind of be able to to pick up on little things uh, that you guys have done and you've learned uh, to be able to kind of apply that we went through we just had our we did a halloween uh like kind of preseason tournament where the winners of the tournament ended up getting a free bid into the league um and then just kind of let people kind of see what it is and stuff like that and so we just finished that up to be able to kind of take what you've learned and uh what you've said to be able to apply that moving forward for what's going to be our first league um i'm really excited for for anyone that's listening or anything like that that has kind of wondered what that is, uh, a hit tracks league, how to run one yourself or how to be a part of one, what that kind of entails. Um, I think that was a, a lot of uh, great information for some of those people. Side note, uh, Thanksgiving break, do you guys get the whole week out there or do you guys just get the two days? It changes um, from uh, kind of uh, like high school, uh, whatever they're called, districts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then some of the different colleges in our area, sometimes guys will get uh, like, what is that, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then the weekend off. Other guys get the whole week. Um, one of our high school districts doesn't even have school on Mondays. And so they'll generally give that whole week and stuff like that. So it fluctuates. What about you guys? Uh, we get the whole week and then we've got schools to get three weeks of winter break. But the reason why I was asking, we got to lock in a... Uh, an online like tournament or something, a little, yes, little we do. five on five or something. That'd um, be awesome. Get, get the boys mixing it up. Hey, yo, I'd love that. That'd be really cool. I, I've actually reached out to some of the other people that uh, I've had on that have hit tracks as well uh, and think it'd be a lot of fun to kind of run a uh, cross-country kind of tournament where we have some of the other facilities uh, and other instructors that we've chatted with uh, and kind of doing something like that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. For sure. Hey, yo, man. I appreciate you the time uh, coming on. It's great having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, any socials, anything like that before we head out? Uh, not really. We're uh, we're trying to expand on the TikTok a little bit. That's probably the the, the biggest development since the last time I was on is we're uh, we've 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 hit it big on TikTok a couple times. Uh, we got some uh, walk up song videos that'll be that'll be coming towards the the beginning of the season. Uh, those were a hit last year. Um, we kind of try to try to mold some of the trends into baseball, baseball applicable 
stuff. So I, I try to have fun with it. It's something that the kids can engage with. Like we've got some drill stuff on there. Um, we got some some hitting progression stuff on there. Uh, we're at two five baseball on all the social media, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much uh, pretty much it. We got the new building coming. Hopefully, uh, in the next five to six months, kind of conservatively is is what we're hoping there. Uh, I mean, we're gonna hopefully do some do some big uh big media push for that too um we'll have more keys to do some stuff so what all really uh, might this big old building uh entail uh so the uh it's going to be a two-phase building uh the first phase is about 4600 square feet uh, we'll have a reception area three office spaces so the plan right now is to have like a homework like players lounge type area uh, potentially like a small weight room or like warm up room, maybe some bikes, treadmills, whatever. Um, and then obviously I'll have my office, uh, the reception area. What we're thinking there is kind of trying to do expanded merch. Uh, we have the, we have the Lululemon deal. Um, we just did a deal with Voot Grips too. So we've got custom Voot Grips coming out. Shout uh, out to and then, uh, the building itself, uh, the the training training floor itself, will have a fifteen by seventy uh, cage that that will be kind of my training cage, uh, and then we'll have three fourteen by forty five uh, rental cages. Uh, looking to add a second hit tracks, uh, we'll at least have Rap Soto for for members to come in and kind of get their get their data on. Uh, in phase two, we'll have another 2,800 square feet. We'll put two more 15 by 70s in there, uh, potentially expanding into teams, uh, if not team rentals, uh, having our own travel teams, uh, trying to add some coaches on, uh, definitely adding a pitching guy at that point, um, and trying to hopefully become the, the best facility in the area, which is the, the, the goal every year is to just keep pumping out guys. And uh, we should have, should have some commits coming out here pretty quick. Um, with our 23 class, which they've been grinding it out. So we're, uh, we're excited. A lot of good things going on. Hey, yo, man. I love to hear it. Love to hear it. Can't wait for us to get together. We'll, we'll do a little hit tracks, uh, little game tournament. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll put into some details, but definitely, uh, I appreciate it. Man. Thank you so much. Um, for everybody tuning in, uh, John Lampros with two five baseball. Appreciate it.